This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Welcome back. I feel like I should say that. All right. All right. Because I'm in your chair this week. All right. All right. All right. No, I'm terrible at it. I'm not doing that. Hi. Hello. 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 Um, today we have a guest. I always feel like it's so fun when we have someone. So I'm not just talking to you because you're boring sometimes. I prefer the guests. I deal, <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I, I deal with you all the time and I love you. I was actually just joking and now oh. I feel like very caught off guard. No, I just, I, you know, I love you. I love hanging out oh. with you. But, you know, we don't know anything about anything. That's the truth. That's so true. when we bring guests on who know a lot about everything, then we get to learn. That's fair. All right. So um, do you want to introduce our nope. guest? Okay, I will. Today we have Shana James on. You have um, a famous sounding name. Like, I do. Well, she's famous. No, but you know what I mean? Actually, it's like, I've heard that I sound like a cowgirl to some people. Okay. Maybe like the Shania. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it just sounds like you could be one of the singers on um, Nashville, like Shana James, and the, the next star. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, okay, so you Shana, have a beautiful name. It is. It's lovely. Well, actually, it means beautiful. Shana means beautiful in Yiddish. Oh, oh I didn't know Yiddish was actually a fancy. Weir- that. I didn't know that was a real language. Well, it's it a real is. Language. I didn't know that either. What's the one that you, you pig Latin? Oh, that's it. Not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Not the same. Sorry for the Yiddish oh. for the Yiddish speaking people out there. Shana, do you want to do like a little quick intro of yourself, a little elevator pitch to uh, tell everybody who you are, minus a famous named celebrity? Sure. <laughs> well, I have been coaching men and women around relationships. Um, I do many other things. I do business coaching as well, but I would say my my heart passion is supporting men and women to actually understand each other and get along. And um, I started almost twenty years ago, wh- thinking that I was actually really going to focus on working with women. Mm-hmm. And then I got an opportunity to be a woman on a team of women, where we came into a men's workshop and gave men honest and loving feedback about wow. how they were occurring to us, you know, whether we were turned on or turned off or whether we, you know, felt creepy or, you know, someone was like 
super nice and we weren't feeling attracted, all those things. Wow. And I really had this kind of sudden wake up of like, oh my God, I love supporting men. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I continue to support both men and women and how to be more connected and have more passion and deeper intimacy and all of that. But, um, and you have a podcast too, don't you? What'd you say? You have a podcast too, don't you? I do have a podcast called man alive. That is all about a top rated podcast legacy for men. That's awesome. Um, so we want to pick your brain about a few things, but it's going to be more like casual conversations, but casual like, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, I, I will say I'm really excited about this podcast. And the reason I'm really excited about this podcast is because you spend a lot of time in the masculine conversation. Uh-huh. And as a woman, I feel like I always get heard in this conversation and it really it just really excites me. What? We just said, I feel as a woman. What no, are you? no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm feel, very confused. I feel as a man that I get oh. heard in this conversation from a woman's perspective. Oh. It's so nice. So basically oh. you're saying that Sheena is going to side with you. Yeah, I feel that way. On most things. Is yeah. that what you're well, you saying? Know what, what is interesting though you just said is like hmm. that, that being understood feels so crucial to, I think to all of us, and it's common between the genders to feel really misunderstood. And when it, it goes a long way in a couple, when we actually try to understand our partner, especially if they are of a different gender. Speaking of, you know that we do a little segment called I Love You and You're Annoying, right? Yeah. Do you have something super annoying about your partner or your child? You have, you have, do you have children or child? One child, yeah. You could do either or. We're open to, or both. <laughs> just let it out. Okay. Well, so I've got one thing. I just think it's really funny. It's not necessarily something my partner does all the time, but it was a situation that happened recently where um, he's been talking about getting new glasses for maybe a year. Okay. <laughs> maybe since the pandemic started. And um, recently he brought it up again and was like, oh, but I can't go get a, my prescription, you know, expired. And I was like, okay, so go to the eye doctor. And it was like, well, I don't know. It's a pandemic. Then I was like, well, what if you just called the eye doctor and said, Hey, it's a pandemic. I don't want to come in. Uh-huh. You know, I just started giving all yeah. these suggestions. And he was like, yeah, okay. Whatever. And it was just that, I think the thing that annoys me is when people complain about something and then don't take action. Mm. They don't really want and- the advice. Yeah. Which, you know, I get it. Nobody really wants advice and it's not really good practice of me to start giving advice. But if there's something that's bothering you, like, please do something about it. That's Can I just hold on? No, Ryan. Thank you. Honest to God. Thank you. The entire time you're talking, Shana, Ryan is looking at me with this smug little face because (laughs) he does what you do and it drives me nuts. But it's different because... Your husband was like, Hey, I need, I need to do something. Like he needed something where you are there and you're trying to solve solve, the problem, solve the problem. You want to make things better. Here's those different solutions. Like I'm here to help, which I think is awesome. And I provide that for you and you provide that for me. Right. But where, (laughs) so it's not the same. So you can wipe your face off of your face. (laughs) I will, I will wipe my face off my face. No, he, cause oftentimes if I like, do you ever just come home and you just want to vent? And a lot of the times for me, it's from, um, like social media, like my Instagram, if there's somebody who's being 
a twat, something just like not super yeah. lovely. And I just want to vent to him because sometimes people suck and he yeah. is immediately like, well, let's play devil's Here's advocate. Here's what we can do. And I was like, okay, no. I have a question about that. Yes. Do you say either one of you, like, do you ever talk about like what mode we're in? Like, Hey, mm. can I just vent about this? Or, you know, actually I would love a solution for this. Do you, do you give it that context? We're starting to we, now. Yeah. We made that, we had that conversation. I always made the, the assumption that when someone comes to you with a problem, they're looking for they a solution mm-hmm. Yeah, and Which that's not the, the case. 96% of the time in our relationship, <laughs> Brittany just wants to complain about something <laughs> lovingly what? you just said vent, I complain vent, 96% complain, of whatever. the time of our relationship no so I hear you I hear you we are actually the communication through this podcast the communication has gotten yeah. so much yeah. better it has because you're now the second or third person that has advised us to do this Have you ever had an embarrassing B.O. moment? I sure have. Like the time I thought the teenage boy beside me at the grocery store stunk only to get in my car and realize it was me. (laughs) Embarrassing. But we've got the solution. Lumi whole body deodorant. Say goodbye to B.O. worries forever. Unlike some other deodorants, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid, a game changer for 72 hour odor control everywhere. It was inspired by patients' concerns about private part odor. Six years on and with over 300,000 five-star reviews, Lumi keeps us confident from head to toe. Plus, it's seriously safe anywhere on your body. Pits, thigh folds, belly buttons. Don't forget under boobs and vulvas. Yes, this is true. Plus butt cracks and feet. Created by an OBGYN, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor for up to 72 hours. Baking soda free, paraben free, and with fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. And for new customers, the Lumi Starter Pack has you covered with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. Don't miss out. As our special offer, you get $5 off Lumi Starter Packs with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's right. Over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Control your body odor anywhere with Lumi. I love starting my day off with a breakfast that makes me feel good. This also involves waking up before my kids to have those quiet moments of peace before the chaos. Absolutely. And Magic Spoon is perfect for that. No artificial ingredients, natural flavors, and zero artificial coloring. Plus, it's great for various lifestyles, whether you're gluten-free, soy-free, or just want to add some more protein. And the variety pack is amazing with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So nostalgic. My favorite has to be frosted. It's like a guilt-free treat with zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes. It's a game changer. So if you're looking for a tasty breakfast, quick snack, or an easy meal, Magic Spoon's got you covered. Head to magicspoon.com slash TLC and don't forget to use the code TLC at checkout to save $5 off your order. And here's the best part. If you don't love it, Magic Spoon has a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund you your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash TLC. Use code TLC to save $5. A big thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yeah, you just yeah. Ha- you have to set yourself, you, you have to set your partner up for success. So I have to make mm-hmm. sure that you know what I want from you so that you're not just yep. reading my mind. So that definitely is something that I need to change. But now that that's the case, you can just nod and smile and tell so, me that they're an asshole. Long story, <laughs> long story short, did he get new glasses? Yeah. No, he hasn't got new glasses. Oh, she's like, he's blind. Oh, he's legally blind oh, now. Oh boy, I totally get it. It's annoying. <laughs> I, and you love him. And you love him. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's the be- that's a beautiful thing about a relationship. You can love someone and they can be annoying as shit. Yeah. It can be really annoying. Yes. It, it definitely happens. Um, okay. So let's move on to like some actual questions about, I guess, your career. Um, so you do, you, you, as well as your podcast, you also do a lot of personal coaching, right? Do you work with, um, predominantly males or couples? Or I work predominantly with men though. I did have a whole workshop business for women called the authentic woman experience. That was all about, you know, how to attract and sustain, amazing relationships with while also being yourself, right? Like not Mm -hmm. trying to twist yourself to become what you think someone wants you to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here I feel like is a question that literally, I think every single person who is either married or in a very long-term relationship. And if you add kids to the mix, this is inevitably like it just comes up. So when you are with somebody for that long, it's very, it's the whole like, well, how do you, how do you keep the quote unquote passion from fading? Or how do you, you know, not be, we've talked about this before, but not be just roommates or really good friends. Like I know there's not a single answer, but do you have, I'm sure you deal with this a lot. Yeah. I deal with it a lot. And actually, you know, I was with my partner last night. We don't live together. And we haven't, we haven't seen each other. I went to the East coast to help out my mom who'd been going through surgery for like eight weeks. And so when he came, when I came back and we came together again, there was a sense of like, uh, do we really know each other? How how are we going to do this? Do we just like jump back in bed or, and we've actually decided that we're kind of taking this slow remembering each other approach, which, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm saying because I think one of the tendencies is that, oh, we think we know our partners and this is how sex goes. And, you know, this is just what we do. There's like a, a an equation that gets solidified. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think people miss is that sense of getting to know each other now, mm-hmm. like being afraid to ask, you know, what are you fantasizing about? Or what do you like? Or even is there something, a way that I touch you or a way that I look at you that you actually don't enjoy, but you've been scared to tell me? And do you think a lot of people don't do that because they're like either afraid of rejection or maybe they're embarrassed or maybe their things have changed. And, you know, when you're with somebody for so long, you're like, you know, we've gotten into like a routine, maybe your parents yeah. and like the spice isn't there. Like, I feel like there's a ton of reasons why people might not share those types of things. Totally. It can be scary in that feeling of like, well, what if I break something or what if I, you know, what if I learn something, <laughs> uh, what if I learn something that I do 
that my partner doesn't like, isn't that going to make me feel, you know, horrible? Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions on like how, how you could maybe slowly start a conversation about those kinds of things without being like, so I like it when you do that in that place. (laughs) I I mean, one of the things I really love is debriefing, you know, after a situation, it could be after a sexual situation. Mm. Um, you know, what did you like? Like what was one of your favorite moments or, you know, what did you really love about that? And then also you could frame it as, uh, what, what do you want more of next time? So you could frame it as, you know, there was something that didn't, this, this didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. But it's really powerful to put it in the positive as well. Right. And you don't have to feel as bad about somebody, you know, getting upset or taking it personally. Yeah, I think I think as a couple, I'll speak as a man, you you want to please your partner. Like ultimately mm-hmm. that is the goal is to please your partner. And mm-hmm. I feel like, or at least it should be, um, I feel like once you have established you know, there was an old uh, Friends episode where they, you know, seven, the, yeah, seven. They, they press the buttons six, seven, <laughs> five, five, seven, seven, seven. Yes, that one. That that episode. I feel like once you've established how the game is played, you don't yeah. deviate from it very often. But I would assert that as you grow up and as you age, those buttons should be changed. And wow. you know, mm-hmm. it's not a Nintendo game at the end of the day. And I would assert that if you don't deviate, that's where the passion fades, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like if you were eating the same freaking food every day, right? you're like, uh, this is kind of boring, right? It's bland versus if you eat that Get once a week, spice. you've got variety, it's different. And I think where we get trapped as as partners is when you know it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then go to the good old default. Then you go to it. (laughs) Like, you know, put your leg up another two degrees. There it is. Okay. Now we know we can, this, we can make this thing work. Right. So I I feel like it's this balance of let's try something new, but also we know what works. And I I think really at the end of the day, it's just a confidence thing that couples either have or don't have to be able to speak to their partner about what's working, what's not working, what, you know, Hey, why don't we try something new? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think it's confidence and also that we take things really seriously. Like what if it was actually, you know, we were kind of like explorers, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to I'm supposed to be a black belt in this and I'm supposed to get it right. You know, what if there was no right? I, I remember hearing someone talk about the joy of kids and putting their fingers in the dirt and just, you know, that everything's new. Mm-hmm. And there is a way that you can start to bring that into the bedroom where it's like, well, all right, you know, what are you in the mood for in this moment? Or what do you want to try? Or, um, you know, I personally believe that a lot of times people are trying to get back to happy Mm. before having sex. And what I've found is that a lot of intimacy and spark is created when there are other emotions that are allowed, you know, like there are times where I cry and during sex with my partner are times where I'm kind of more feisty and angry and pissed off and mm-hmm. you know, that, that all of those can be played with. Right. Fair. We don't, we, I would say that we do not go into the bedroom. If we're going to have sex, it's because everything's lined up relatively right. perfectly. And, and you know what though? I also don't want to completely discount like 
scheduling in intimacy. I think it sounds um, like people are like, that sounds very robotic. And we've had this conversation before, but you know, you schedule in your priorities and the importance. And just because you schedule it doesn't mean it has to be right. There's a a tantric practice that's called, it's, I think they just call it come as you are. Mm -hmm. And it's all about showing up and coming together. And sometimes there's a breathing together or just like allowing your bodies to, you know, relax together mm-hmm. and seeing what happens and playing with that. Like not turning like, on Netflix, not doing your norm, right. just like just right. being with each other. I really like the idea of come as you are. Like if I've had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, he's like C-U-M. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if I've had a bad day and I'm frustrated and stuff along those lines, what I'm hearing this, I don't know how to word this without sounding really weird about it. Maybe that's what that's, maybe that's our problem. I feel like it's a weird and it probably shouldn't be weird. Huh. It's just this like taboo thing. But what if I brought a little bit of my frustration out into the bedroom? Hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and as long as it's connected, right. It's not just like one side is one person's like, oh, I'm frustrated. So I'm going to throw you around. Right? Yeah. There's gotta be, there has to be some respect there. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. where I was trying to tiptoe around. Cause I didn't want to sound like, you know, there is, I bet you, but I think what comes with that is like Shannon was saying is debriefing like, Hey, I, I was maybe, maybe that was something that was nice. Right. That you were like, Oh, you know, I kind of liked being, you know, I don't even know how to like word this. <laughs> like, this is how awkward like, we are, <laughs> Shannon. This is you want to know why you want to no, know why, we know wait why for the I'm, perfect no, scenario. You want to know why I'm awkward is because my parents listen to our our podcast every week. <laughs> so I'm just trying to be respectful. We're not talking about each other. We're talking about humans. No, right, that, that other couple. You know. Yes. yes. The, the I feel like it might be nice. Like maybe a woman is like, you know what? I kind of liked when you took me that way. Or uh-huh. maybe it's I didn't like that. And then you have that conversation open and be like, hey, like that. That was maybe a little too too much for me, but I did yeah. like this or whatever it was. But you have to cross those boundaries a little bit, or like sometimes it's like, oh, yeah. until I go too far, until it went too far, I didn't realize where my boundary was. You know, right. and there can be a lot of learning and growing and connecting in that uh, as partners share that and you know really get that sense of oh, okay, so that's what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, that went too far. I like think- when I, you know grabbed your hair, you really loved it. But when I grabbed your hair super fast and yanked it so that you like, you know, we're already balding. (laughs) Yeah. That was when, right. I didn't feel safe anymore. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't pleasurable anymore. Right. Um, I think that this also is leading into a conversation. I don't, I would like for you to speak on, um, when it comes to like a couple who has had kids. So Like, I don't care what you say, like kids change people and it's like, and that (laughs) doesn't not, that doesn't necessarily mean it's negative, but they change you. And I think within that change, um, you are also not the same person you guys were together before you had kids. Like there's freedoms there, there's less responsibilities, um, so much more carefree before. Yeah. And so that obviously directly affects the intimacy in the relationship. So, yeah. Can you touch on that? I mean, I think, I think it's an opportunity to actually have, like you're talking about, actually have more intimacy Mm -hmm. instead of just more play and fun and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, hotness, right? A lot of the men I work with as, as I'm getting older, the men are getting older as well, who I'm attracting. And so, you know, I work with a lot of men in their forties and fifties and 
a lot of them are surprised that they're not getting as turned on as easily. Mm. And some of it's physical, but sometimes when we get into it, it's that there isn't an emotional connection or, you know, there hasn't been as deep of understanding or intimacy and and their bodies aren't responding because Mm -hmm. of that. And I think it happens with all genders. I think it happens with men and women and in different ways. And so when you can actually, again, start to connect about that, like, okay, well, what does feel exciting to you? Or what does feel, you know, like you feel safe with me or connected with me? When we really broach that subject, instead of trying to just keep it as it was, like, I think you were saying that before, Ryan, you know, just doing it as it was, just because we know that that sort of worked and got someone off, you know, it starts to lose the the passion and also the intimacy, the connection that could be built. Yeah. And, and for, you know, to speak about that couple that isn't us, but other people, <laughs> you know, and I think that this is something that you know, a lot of couples deal with. When you first meet somebody, uh-huh. everything is new. Yes. The passion is new. The sex is new. Every experience that you have with that person is new. And there's a degree, I don't know if there's a chemical release or whatever, because I'm not a scientist, but I will say that there is, there is something that happens to your body that you just, it's like a drug. You just crave it. You want to be with that person. You want to be near that person. And I feel like once you've had kids, you forget about that connection. Yeah. You're like, I'm so tired. But not only do you forget about that connection, but then what ends up happening as couples, again, not us, but I feel like you always go back mentally to like, that's what it used to be like. Like, why don't we have what it used to be like? that's so toxic though, to compare yourself. You're not the same people. I mean, one of the things I really like to do with couples is expand the definition of sex to beyond just, you know, genital penetration and Mm -hmm. actually beyond genitals at all. Hmm. Right. Like some nights it might feel amazing to cuddle and give each other massages or rub each other's toes or suck each other's toes, whatever, like whatever it may be. The The things that we tend to just, and a lot of heterosexual couples, it is this way where it's like, we just kind of end up going straight for some kind of penetration. Yeah. And being exhausted parents, I think it could be really amazing sometimes to even say like, okay, you got five minutes and I've got five minutes. What could I do to your body right now? That would feel really great to you. And, or if you don't know what it is, let's try some things and see, you Mm -hmm. know, you could do this for longer. You could do it for an hour each, but what if your answer is always the same? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Well, I would say, right. If your answer is always the same, which, you know, joke aside, it's like, okay, then what would it be like to try something new for these five minutes, right? And just see, okay, what happens between us when we bring, again, some of that newness back that has faded. I love it. Now, I absolutely love that idea. And we will bring that into play because I was joking when I said there's only one thing. Here's <laughs> here's a question. And I know, Shannon, we had a couple weeks ago, we had uh, GS Youngblood on and he spoke about yeah. masculinity. And I know that that's a huge topic for you. And mm-hmm. in, in, in fact, most of your podcast is kind of grouped around that, right? Um, well, this episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, 
You want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's interesting. I would say most of the podcast is for men, but it's not necessarily the topic of masculinity. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Um, so in in your background, in your bio and all that, we were reading up on you. One of the topics that you brought up uh, in your podcast was why do women actually say no to men? And the reason I'm asking this question, and I yep. made the joke earlier on the GS podcast or the GS uh, Youngbloods podcast is... I feel as men, you know, you talked about men in their 40s and their 50s not being turned on as much. Yeah. I feel like there's a degree of, of how do I describe this? When you ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and get turned down and rejected, when you get rejected so many times by the person that you love, you almost actually forget about it. Totally. Yep. So, like, what can we do as men to... Yeah to not be rejected by our wives as much. Yeah. I love that question. Cause it feels really important because nobody likes being rejected. I mean, there is a way of taking it less personally, but there's also a way of, right. If it keeps happening over and over, then there's something going on in the couple and it's not really, it's not being talked about likely. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, one of the things that I often suggest is, it's like a conversation outside of the moment, right? Outside of the moment where we could get sexual or it could happen or we're already in the bedroom mm -hmm. around, you know, I notice that you are wanting sex less these days, or I notice that you're not feeling as turned on, you know, like, tell me about it. Really get curious. I really, I want to know, I want to understand you. One of the things that, that women tend to love is like you said, you know, talking and not having solutions and just being understood and sometimes mm -hmm. crying and feeling. And there's a way that if we're holding all of that by ourselves, we tend to be less turned on. Mm -hmm. It's emotional uh, for us as well, right? Yeah. Like last night I had an experience with my partner where, um, he, oh, I was trying on these new pants and they were fun and sexy. And he was like, all right, you know, come out here and try them on. And now like brag and tell me how hot you were. And it was so lovely of him because he's so appreciative of the feminine, but I walked out into the kitchen and I just started crying because <laughs> I was like, I can't brag. I don't know how to brag about myself. That feels way too hard. Oh my God. <laughs> Bless his little heart. He was just like, okay, great. Then just like feel how good you feel in them. You don't have to tell me anything, mm -hmm. you know? He, he just you. welcomed it so much. And the, the, the welcoming of whatever's here tends to be a doorway for more spark and more mm -hmm. connection. And I think we, again, we like try to get back to happy and then try to avoid 
asking those questions for probably for fear of more rejection of like, well, you know, tell me what's going on with you. Tell me, you know, women have hormonal cycles monthly. And then we start hitting as we get older menopause and all of these things that are beyond our, our own knowing of for ourselves. Sure. And so sometimes we need to actually have someone say, what's going on with you for us to even recognize it ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think there's got to be a degree of generosity in your communication as well, because I feel like more often than not, the person who's receiving the information automatically goes into he, he or she is making me wrong for this. And then they get defensive. And then when they get defensive, the person who brought the communication forth, they get defensive. And then before you know it, it, you're not communicating, you're not arguing about right. What you really want to talk about. It's just all about and it's like I'm, I, you know, it's the, this morality conversation around sex as opposed to a discovery conversation around sex. That is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. A discovery conversation, right? As opposed to anyone's right or wrong. There's any morals or any way this should be. The discovery is really where it's at. I think though that's gonna, that's easier said than in, like practiced because I think it's really hard not to take. <laughs> Did you say easier said than practiced? Yeah, I, I wanted. Never heard to, that well, I just expression made it up. before. Easier said than done. I feel like everyone says that, so I'm just gonna change it up. It's easier said than practiced because I think it's hard for. I mean, like you said, if you don't have a baseline of of respectful communication in your relationship. Yeah. You cannot say those things and not have like those feelings come with them, yeah. right? Like yeah. you you need to have that respect and that communication there before you even say those things and I think that's where a lot of people um like they fail to do that step so that when they when I they agree. right? Yeah. It's just I was like thinking a, about those um the New York Times, you know the 36 questions in the New York Times mm-hmm. that so, do you know about those? I think I've heard them. Uh, no, I don't. We're from Ontario, like Canada. Questions that a psychologist figured out, you know, what would have people more likely to fall in love with each other. Yeah. And they're kind of fascinating. I, I was poo-pooing them at first, but when I looked at them, I was like, wow, okay. Some of the end ones really get to this relational curiosity. And I actually wrote a series of questions for deeper intimacy because I have that, you know, like we've been talking about that, the, the sense of, oh, I know you, I can just put you in a box, kind of like, you know, the drive to work every day or mm-hmm. when we were actually going to work. Like, you know, we, we, we um, put things into these categories or it becomes this unconscious thing because there's so much to pay attention to. And that can happen with a partner. And so I really love like, agreements between couples Mm -hmm. where, you know, there's some kind of agreement of like, if I say something vulnerable to you, then, you know, you agree to as, as much as possible, let go of your defenses and really get curious with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. And so when, I think when couples start to have agreements around how they talk with each other, then you can feel closer. And then that spark. Can be more like, and then you're not stuck. Like, I feel like a lot of people in long term relationships are now like feeling like they're choosing, they're choosing like love Mm -hmm. and like friendship, or they're choosing passionate and sex. Like, you can't have both. There's this weird thing that says, nope, it's one or the other. So, settle. Yeah. And she also, you know, like for me, I will say, and again, I know that you talk a lot from the male side of things. Uh huh. 
there's a fine line when you're when you're dating someone versus married to someone when you're when you're having sex versus being a partner with that person and yeah. i find that a lot of men and i speak on behalf of them uh specifically about myself is there's a there's a transfer of you know masculinity in the conversation where at one point in time i was just i just wanted to have sex with my with my girlfriend i i was yeah. passionate about her i took control i was very yeah. masculine in the conversation and then at some point in time i became her partner mm-hmm. and when i become her partner now i'm i'm softer i'm more delicate i'm i'm more gentle you know i'm not saying i'm walking on eggshells but you know for lack of better words walking on eggshells around certain things i've changed and yes. so because I've changed, I can only assert that her her feelings towards me sexually would change mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you have that balance. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a great question. And I work with a lot of men to be able to either find uh, that that strength again, or that the leadership and the, you know, taking that part that took control and, and really explore like, all right, well, what had it take a back seat, right? And how can you actually bring the love and the care at the same time as that more primal, passionate, um, you know, not the killer, right? But, it, but it's more of that Primal, that yeah. Artist in a way, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny. My mom, you know, this lives with me forever. <laughs> like my random. <laughs> my mom said to me a long time ago, and I think I said this on a podcast earlier: women like hunters, they don't like gatherers. <laughs> and that stuck with me for for well to this day, so forever, so far. <laughs> um, and I get caught up in that on a on a regular basis. It's difficult. It really is difficult to manage. But what I'm really hearing is, at the end of the day, it comes down to communication. Yeah, like most it does, things. and and you know, I I love these ideas of like women like this and men like this, and some of them. There's a great. This is why I said I don't usually talk about masculinity because I think when we try to categorize things too much, we lose that discovery, like you said, that individuality and and being able to have a conversation where we really are known and understood by our partners. So you know, one woman might love that hunter type 70% of the time and the more gather energy 30% of the time or vice versa, or, you know, whatever it is, but actually knowing that about your partner rather than going based on these ideas about who we think we are. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's it's not easy. I will, I a hundred percent agree with that. Now, Shannon, you can be reached in multiple ways, right? Um, I, we could have this conversation, I would say, probably for the next two and a half hours because yeah. I love this conversation. <laughs> um, but we are obviously running out of time. Um, yeah. So how do people reach you? How do people connect with you? How do people engage with you? Because you are a wealth of information around this topic. And I, I'm guessing, I think it's a, it's a strong guess that there are a lot of people that could use this conversation on a regular basis. Especially or at least, since COVID. Yeah, or particularly yeah. Oh with COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do they reach you? How do they connect to you? Yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, True Success for Men. So facebook.com slash true success for men. My website is shanajamescoaching.com. And if you go to shanajamescoaching.com slash TEDx, You'll see my TEDx talk on um, what a thousand men's tears reveal 
about the crisis between men and women. And then if you scroll down, there are some guides about, you know, naturally igniting a woman's desire for you for men and three simple miscommunications that push men away and how to bring them back for women. Um, yeah, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. And the podcast? And the podcast is called Man Alive. Man Alive. Love it. I love it. And and just to be very clear, this is not a conversation specifically or exclusively for men. No, I mean, um, it, it is geared toward men. And there are also people of all genders who listen. And a lot of women have written to me and said, it's so great to actually hear what men are learning. It's given me a whole new understanding of my partner or my husband. And, you know, now I'm really getting to see it from his perspective. So I would say, you know, anyone can listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shana. We really appreciate you joining us and giving us all of your wealth of knowledge on this topic. And um, thank you for having me. And thank you for being a couple who is willing to be vulnerable and, you know, put, put your struggles out there and, go first, right? Rather than hiding. 100%. Well, I was just about to thank you for stepping into this position so that we can be heard. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so refreshing and it's so nice to- We're literally doing that. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) I'm just, I'm very grateful that you've stepped into this space. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Have such a lovely evening and um, yeah, we enjoyed this talk. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.